welcome back to the First Cut Podcast with Kyle Porter. I am Chip Patterson. That is Kyle Porter. And believe it or not, yes, I know that the Ryder Cup just happened. Yes, I know. I feel like we just crowned Tiger Woods the tour championship winner. But the, the season's here. I, I Kyle, I don't even have enough time to read the Phil Steele of golf for the Athlon preview. I mean, they don't even have time to print this thing. Uh, we are already underway in the 2018-19 season. How was your offseason? Uh, it was short. I think I went out to eat with my kids one time, and uh, that was about it. That was the offseason. Now, the whole thing is just it, – it's not good. Chip, it's uh, – you think about this. I was thinking about this yesterday. Brooks Kepke gets this uh, Player of the Year award where DJ shows up. That was weird. That whole thing was bizarre. But Brooks Kepke gets the Player of the Year award in the middle of the second week of the season. Can you imagine uh, James Harden being presented the, the NBA MVP – during the second week of the following season. How insane would that be? I'm not going to play nitpick too much because I, I want, I don't want to stop this train, but I will say that the NBA does unnecessarily back up their MVP award to that, uh, the NBA award ceremony so that they can have an Oscars night. I'll say it's like giving out the Heisman trophy during spring practice. Yeah, great. Do that. But at least you're doing it. Uh, as sort of a capper to the season, That's this true. is this is in the middle of the next season, and it doesn't it, it doesn't shine a light on like the PGA Tour's logistics in terms of handing out awards. It shines a light on how insane it is that we've already started, and we do this every year. But it's it's not. I don't know. I don't know if sustainable is the right word. I think that's the the word Kevin Van Valkenburg used on on ES on uh, Twitter the other day. ESPN's Kevin Van Valkenburg. Um, it's just, it just stinks. Like it stinks for players. Uh, it stinks for some players. So some guys are excited just to have an opportunity to go play the PGA Tour, right? and I get that. And I get that. Like, there's this sort of uh, lo- localness to the PGA Tour, where, where they're going to these different cities, and like, hey, guess who's excited to have golf right now in October? People Qual- that live in oh. people that people that live in Napa. You know, like that, that's okay. fun to go out to that tournament. And so I'm talking about it more from like a, a national perspective and a fan perspective and a media perspective. It's just, it's exhausting. And, um, it's indicative of sort of not to make this too broad, but our culture right now, uh, it's just overstimulation, overstimulation, more, 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 more money. You know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of money involved and, uh, I don't know. I just, I hate it. I think the best thing about college football is that it has an eight-month offseason. And the worst thing about uh, professional golf is that it has a four-day offseason. Four days. That's it. Yeah, it's 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 terrible. I okay, mean, so all right, I, I, let's let's break this apart. The like cynical like identifying the selfish different angles aside like we can we can push that to the side for now who benefits from from the time like what golfers do you can you identify that have benefited or do benefit from the the extra reps from the fact that there are opportunities to make money as a professional golfer on the pga tour uh basically year round well i I don't i don't know that anybody does 
really, but I do think you can point to two categories of players, and and one is sort of the Jimmy Walker category. There was a couple of years ago, I think it was like fourteen or I, I don't know, it might have been earlier than that, where he won a couple times in the fall, and then he kind of rode that all the way into playing in a Ryder Cup and and eventually winning the PGA Championship. He he just you see these guys who kind of jumpstart their following year by what they do in the fall. Uh, some of that, maybe it's going to happen anyway. Um, you know, if they started in January instead of October, but then the second category is obviously guys that have graduated from the web.com and are playing for priority ranking. So maybe they're 180th in priority ranking and, but they have a couple good fall events. Well, the next reshuffle, whenever it is January or whatever, they get bumped up a little and all of a sudden they start getting into the career builder. They start getting into uh, maybe even a place like Torrey Pines. So there, you do have an opportunity for guys that, I mean, we were talking about this in our in our golf chat the other day. Like Kevin Toy's life changed on Sunday. He wins the Safeway Open. Like that's a life-changing event for him. So there's this tension between it's a big deal for, for some of those guys, but it's it's – the rest of it just stinks, and I don't know. I don't know what to to do about that. I just think if if you are the commissioner of the PGA Tour, if you're in charge of the PGA Tour, condensing and they've started, they've moved towards this, but condensing everything is it. it it's just gonna it be better, you know. And and does that squeeze out some life changing days for guys like Kevin Tway? Yeah, probably. But that's that's the reality of it. That's the reality of. It's not like the NBA is like, hey, let's uh, let's extend the season so we can uh, loop in some of these G League guys and and maybe they can get a little run and make a little money. Like that, it's just not good for your product, right? And, I, and and that's what the PGA Tour is doing right now. So so, do, but can the PGA Tour argue that uh, the Safeway Open or the CIMB that being able to offer something there is preferable to uh, if I'm a golf fan and I just want to have. Uh, the golf channel on every single weekend, or if I want to have CBS Sports on, or if I, if I want to be watching a golf tournament every single weekend, is it, you know, is the argument from the PGA Tour we're giving them something and that something is better than nothing? Yeah, but it's the same argument that the NFL would make if it went to an 18 or 20 game schedule. You know, and I, I know that's different because it's, there's injuries involved or whatever, but the question is not like, it's diminishing returns, right? Like if you play, if you play an NFL game every day of the year, all of a sudden you lose some of the, at some point as you add games or you add events, you experience, you experience these diminishing returns. And the PGA Tour is so far beyond that, that I don't, I don't even know how they can, or how they would walk it back to a place of like maximum benefit on both sides. Uh, and, and, you know, we, we everybody gets all like outraged whenever the NFL is like, we're going to add two games. And it's like the PGA Tour already added the equivalent of like 15 games and nobody has said anything like it just it just goes on. And I don't know, man, it, it's, you know, I, I think maybe they'd be better off if they just rebranded them or reframe them as as Web.com events. You know, the Web.com's off until uh until January, they don't play again. I was looking up their schedule the other day. Uh, make these like exhibition, like well, not exhibition game, but uh, the preseason, basically. Yeah, make them like these middle ground events between, like make them really good web.com tour events. And I know you lose a lot of money and sponsors, and you probably can't do that. But 
I don't know what they're doing right now is it's not, uh, I mean, it is working on some level, so they're probably not going to stop, but it's not, it just, I just don't enjoy it. And maybe that's a personal thing. Maybe I, maybe this is a media thing, you know, but well, that's, and, and again, like I was, I was sort of throwing out the idea that, you know, what, it, who's, who's losing from this. It sounds like it might just be the people who have to cover it and the golfers, but I haven't, I haven't yet been able to identify a unified voice among the players who has been not who who has said this is ridiculous. It seems like cuz I I sympathize and I empathize with you and KVV and everyone else who who has to just like fire themselves up the same way that sometimes it's really really hard for me to come up with keys to the game between Arkansas and Alabama. You know, like we're talking about a 35 point spread and I've got to do it because it's being held and because it's being done. But I, I feel like in order to enact any kind of change from the current path that we're on, that you've got to be able to have some kind of unified opposition or at least like the pitching of the web.com theory from players, because I just, I don't, I don't think media holds enough water in that conversation. Yeah, and that's fair. I, I think the the converse argument is just ignore it, and that's an okay argument. But that's it, so it's, toxic. Like you're well, already trying so hard to get as much audience as you can to golf. Yeah, you can't just yeah. ignore it. Yeah, and it's like okay, well now I have to do something with Kevin Tway for 2019. You know, like I have to think about him differently, or you know, and and it's the 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 crazy the. The crappy part for the PGA Tour is that they're going to flash a graphic, CBS is or NBC is in March when he's in contention, that he's already won once this year. And people are going to be like, what? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And, and it's like the, the, the fervor and passion that you're trying to engender is being worked against by having too many events. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, what, it, it gets it. Like, what is the what is the purpose of a league? Like, what is the purpose of management within the within the NFL? What is the purpose of like these executives within the PGA Tour? What what are what is their role? What are they trying to do? Are they trying to create as much revenue as possible? I guess maybe I don't know. Are they trying to create the best product possible and trusting that that will uh, create the most? Uh, revenue uh, possible and in, into the future. I, I don't know. I don't know what their goal is. And I think with stuff like this, you always have to go back to what are, what are your goals? What are you trying to accomplish? And to me, it seems like they're just trying, I mean, they've got 40, they've got almost 50 events. So to me, it seems like they're trying to just create as much revenue as possible uh, at any, at any cost to everyone. Yeah. Did you feel like you learned anything? Like you, you mentioned Kevin Tway. Do you feel like you learned anything from the Safeway this weekend? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I mean, Phil's crazy. Uh, maybe that's what we learned. We. I think we already knew that. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's new information. <laughs> you know, I, it was interesting because I think that, and Phil mentioned this. Like Safeway is a, it's a cool tournament. It's in Napa. Great weather. Good, decent field. Uh, and, and Phil was talking about like how much people like to be there and it doesn't, it just doesn't get any run. Like it doesn't get the spotlight that it probably deserves. And and I kind of, that, that part of it kind of stinks. Um, but yeah, in terms of, in terms of the actual event, you know, Toy's a, Toy's a good player. 
Um, Snedeker didn't play well down the stretch, obviously. But, uh, yeah, Oklahoma State guy. Uh, I thought it was really cool that he – and I think some of this stuff is a little overwrought with the – the we, we just pump these, like, family narratives and all this stuff. But he seemed pretty genuine about, like, hey, I'm going to, like – get out of this press conference because I want to go call my dad and like share this with him. You know, his dad's a eight or nine time winner on the PGA tour. Uh, I thought that part of it was, was pretty neat. Nice. Sneds blew it. You said, yeah, he shot a 39 on the back on Sunday. Uh, I think he had a four or five stroke lead going to the back nine, um, maybe three or four shot a 39, uh, on the back. Just didn't, just didn't play well. Um, but yeah, he's he's been playing pretty good golf over the last few months. You know, kind of overall, it's it's good to see him. You know, obviously he won Wyndham after after shooting fifty nine. Um, but it's good to see him playing well again. See, I, I I look at this little pocket of the schedule, and then do they even do they take a break in December? Is there like a one week or two week off at some point, and then they come back in January, kind of full like full steam? Yeah, so break in December, but they but of course Tiger fills that break with his tournament, so that's awesome. Um, and then there's like yeah, two or three weeks, and then you've got the uh, the Kapalua, the Tournament of Champions. Mm. Yeah, I just I I maybe I need to actually be there in the maybe I need to spend a weekend not. Um, in a sec stadium and in the, in the bunker with you to really gather up my, my steam for these, these fall events. I, I, I hear in your voice that you're not as outraged as I am about all of it. I'm not. Yeah. I just, why, what, what, like, why are not, why are you not outraged, but why do you, why are you just ambivalent? Uh, because the, if, when when you start to get down to the like community by community and recognizing, you know, back to the talking point we have often on this show is the, you know, we're, we're dealing with lots of different governing bodies in golf in general. And then even on the PGA tour, it, it seems to me that each individual event operates as its own entity, you know, like it is like the own, the major concern of each event organizer is like the only event that exists on the entire PJ tour schedule is their event. And yeah, yeah, because we've got all of those interests all across, not just the country, but the world where all of these individual event organizers, their prime focus is only about that event. Like it's just, it's just hard for me to even imagine that it's possible to, to get everybody on the same page. And yes, like from the cynical level, there is the idea that it's, there's there's some money grab aspect to this, but I, I just don't find a, a way that professional golf is not going to have that. It's a good point. When whenever power and and uh, sort of your your govern your governance is decentralized like that, it it does become it becomes more difficult to to walk it back and to make you know there, there's just and we talk about this with the like the five families the PJ uh, of America PJ Tour Augusta <clears throat> RNA and USGA but even within the PJ Tour like it it's just you know you you do have like entire staffs of people at all of these locations 12 months a year all we're yeah. caring about is the Wyndham Championship there's not a the only thing that matters on the tour is who is going to be coming and playing in our event 
Yeah, totally. And so it's just, I, I, I certainly sympathize with that. Um, I just don't know again that it's the best way to do things for the, for the overall long-term success of, of your product. What you got to do is you got to slide up in Rory's DMS and tell him to start a campaign. <laughs> you know, they honestly, seriously, I like, like I, I've, I, I hear you out. I've presented the opposition and the way that you move to the way that you move forward is you unify a group of players that, that try and propose something to say like, look like this, this isn't helping grow the game. As long as, as long as someone can argue that they are growing the game, it's going to continue. Well, yeah. And they can argue that. I, I think the interesting part is like the, the part that doesn't factor into other sports and, and golf is so unique in terms of scheduling. And so like the things that I compare it to the NFL or major league baseball or the NBA, it's, it's not a it's not a direct comparison, and and the reason is because you don't have all your stars playing in all of these events, and so like the real PGA Tour schedule, I know you're just joking about it, but it's it's Rory's schedule. It's whatever Rory plays. It's whatever <laughs> right. Spieth plays. Right, right, that, right, right, right. That's the real PGA Tour schedule, and that's more of a. Um, it's it's more sustainable. It's less chaotic. It's 24 weeks a year. It's 22 weeks a year. And may, maybe my frustration is just that we seem to and, – and part of that is like different stars play different events. And so then for us as fans or in the media, it becomes a 50-week schedule. Uh, but – the, yeah, the the real schedule is is. I mean, imagine if like Kevin Durant was just like, "Nah, I'm I'm good for a month. I'm out. I'm gonna go." Uh, you just you know, I have a couple of vacations. I'll come back in a month. That's what that's what guys do on the PGA Tour. I mean, it it really is, and that's how they should do it. I I, I don't know. Maybe you, maybe the answer is create a really super condensed elite. Uh, four month schedule, and then create a second tier of tournaments that is. I don't know if you would, I don't know, still the PGA Tour, but you're. it's not like the elite top guys. I, that I don't think will ever happen, but uh, in, a, in my dream world, that's what happens on a global level. You have a global tour that is super condensed where everybody plays a lot for a short amount of time, and maybe it's two times a year. Maybe it's two four-month stretches or two three-month stretches or whatever the case is. And I think that would, uh, I don't know, to me, that would create a lot more excitement and fervor around the sport. So when we have the, the we are inching towards the slow condensing of the schedule, we're going to be having a PGA championship taking place in May next year. You know, what's the, like, what's the fallout from that? Is, is there a chance that we see with a couple years under our belts with that players start to adjust their schedule and there be an opportunity uh, for things to get changed in terms of the way they're treated in the fall? Well, I, I think what's going to happen, I, I, I have no idea. This is not, this is me just th- having thought about this and, and semi making it up. I think they're moving a couple of events to the fall, which means, yes, you get done sooner, but you also start again sooner. I do think there's going to be a little bit longer break, though. I think between the 18 19 season and the 19 20 season. I, I believe that's going to be true. But if you're adding two or three events, which I believe you are, into the fall of 19, then all of a sudden you've extended that. Uh, it, the only way to, to condense it is to like just just uh, lop off events, like just get rid of events. And I don't think they're doing that. 
They might be. Well, again, then we go back to the decentralized authority and an entire staff of people that are convinced that are working on nothing but the Safeway open 12 months a year. Yeah. And it's, it is hard because if you're the PGA tour and, and you're Jay Monahan and you made, I can't remember how much money he made last year, four mil, five, three mil, whatever it is. It's, it's not the greatest look PR wise. If you're, if your organization is just raking in money and then all of a sudden you just start killing events and putting people out of jobs and stuff. It's just it, there. I mean, I do. I sort of sympathize with that position because oh, this restaurant that was really counting on doing ten thousand dollars in catering uh, services for this one weekend a year for yeah. its budget. Yeah, you're gone. Sorry. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a it's a weird spot and it's a hard spot and there's no great answer. Um, but Cater- I, catering I, services might be more than ten thousand dollars. I made that up. <laughs> yeah. Hopefully, if that's their only catering that they're doing for the year. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I think the fall will hopefully have a little bit more breathing. It will have more breathing room. But I also think it'll be a little bit elongated starting in 2019. Do you want to elongate that drive? Do you want to <laughs> work on uh, getting your game tight during this fall season? Well, you can go do that at Top Golf because at Top Golf, they're offering lessons. But at Top Golf, they do lessons differently. They got certified instructors who not only help you improve your game, they want you to have a great time too so that you can sip, snack, swing, and play better with Top Golf Coach. Book a lesson today at topgolf.com slash lessons. It is all of the fun that you have come to know and love about the Top Golf experience, but also that kind, friendly, and helpful certified instructor who's going to help you with those tips you need to shave some strokes off your handicap. Book a lesson today at topgolf.com slash lessons. Kyle, so as we're looking ahead to Kuala Lumpur, what do you think that catering bill looks like? Uh, yeah, <laughs> pretty hefty. I bet I bet Pat Perez's room service is pretty pretty high. Oh, he lets it big. he lets it fly this week. This is <laughs> this is a week where Pat Perez, um, like like he's had this one circled for a long time. Yeah, for sure. He's trying. Well. It's it is funny because he's trying to go. So you had Ryan Moore go back to back. You had JT go back to back, and now Patty P is trying to go back to back in in uh, seventeen and eighteen. Fin- finish off the trifecta. Um, is that the entire existence of this tournament? Pretty much. I Ryan think, uh, Ryan Moore came in hot, took the first two. I think Nick Watney won it one year. Oh, are you making that one up? You could you could be. I don't have the full history of this tournament down. No, I think he did. So it went. Uh, so Ben Crane won the the inaugural CIMB Asia Pacific Classic Malaysia Asian Tour event. That's the full name. Uh, then Bo Van Pelt, Nick Watney, Ryan Moore, Ryan Moore, JT, JT, and then Pat Perez. Yeah, true story for the listeners. Sometimes we have to email in our show plans to our uh, podcast leader. And <laughs> when uh, when Kyle said we would talk about the CIMB, I I thought he was just making something up. I, th- I thought I thought that you were just doing some 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 alphabet soup and just making up a tournament name out of nowhere. I don't remember if we covered this last year or not, or if we were off. But um, yeah, this is all new to me. I, well, so what's the hook? How about that? Pitch me pitch me on flipping over 
to some CIMB coverage early in the morning because I'm sure it'll be on replay or tape delay, right? Yeah, it's it's gonna be an issue because you're gonna have to squeeze it in between like the uh, like if you go if you go like Hawaii, Oregon State late on uh, on Saturday. Saturday you can you can kind of merge it into like a, a JT Billy Horschel back nine shootout on Sunday morning and then just lead right into like Vikings Dolphins on uh, on Sunday. Well, I fly out of Baton Rouge at like 6 a.m. So maybe mm-hmm. I'll maybe I'll play through after LSU Georgia and just watch golf all night. Yeah, it's actually a pretty good field. Uh, JT Xander, Paul Casey. Uh, let's see who Horschel, Ryan Moore. Sneds, Kyle Stanley, Ustazen, Cam Smith. Uh, it's got some players in it. You know, it, it, they've added this uh, CJ Cup the next week. And so you've got like this sort of two tournament swing. So there's more of a, an incentive to go over there instead of uh, just flying to Malaysia for two rounds. <laughs> and then f- coming back. Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I don't think there's a, I don't think there's a cut. I think it's a small field. Um, but yeah, I mean, JT is obviously the headliner. Uh, we, I think we've gotten to the point with him, and maybe we we reached this earlier, and maybe we've already talked about it, where like if he's in an event like this, where he's obviously the best player, I expect, I kind of expect him to contend to win. Not, I don't expect him to win because that's a crazy expectation that should be put on nobody besides like Tiger in the early two thousands. But I I do expect him to to be like in the hunt on on the weekend on on sunday at at 2 a.m i mean that's not crazy if if lebron is playing in the eastern conference i expect him to win it yeah you know? yeah that's i mean kind of the, that's kind of the deal yeah if jt's out there i expect like if jt finishes t17 in this event again i'm gonna assume there was like a 75 on his <laughs> you know what i'm saying like like okay all right so you probably had one bad round but you're just not expecting to get four. Like you're not expecting him to just eject for an entire week. He's playing too good right now. Yeah, especially coming off too well. Uh, especially coming off that Ryder Cup. Um, who's your pick to win? I picked JT. God, come on. <laughs> uh, I picked uh, my my top ten. I think was Xander. I feel like uh, my my deal on Xander. I, I think that I think we sort of. I don't know. For whatever reason, he feels overlooked. I don't know if he's underrated, but he does feel a little bit overlooked when we start talking about like top twenty-five guys or uh, guys that you know should should be top ten players or, or whatever. Um, I, I don't know. He just is not. Uh, he's just not talked about enough. I don't feel like. I think that might. I don't know because you know what's pro- the the issue with Xander right now. Xander's starting to get the the feel of that that hip band that's on the rise that everybody's excited about, and I feel like there's it's almost building up a little bit of a Xander reluctance because the insiders are already excited about the next album. Yeah, it is hard too because he had I think he had seven top tens in uh, last season, and um, the seven top ten like the majority of them were at like big boy tournaments like he had a couple of major top tens i think maybe riviera somewhere like that and so he gets in this weird deal where he'll play like uh i don't know memphis i don't know if he played memphis and finish like 50th and you're like what that's kind of weird 
but then he'll play Memorial and finish like eighth. Right. You're like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know. He he's he's a little bit. Uh, I think he's a little inconsistent. But man, he's made over four mil each of the last two years. That's a that's a pretty big deal. I mean, that's pretty impressive for uh, how little experience he has on the PGA Tour. I think he is rightly rated, and rightly rated means he's probably one of the ten to twelve best American golfers, and just didn't make this Ryder Cup team based on the the way the math came out. But do people think that he's a one of the 10 or best 12 American golfers? I think I think that a fan who's been watching closely would power rank him ahead of Bubba and Phil. Yeah, but I'm talking about like general golf fan, no, like my dad. No chance. Yeah. Um, my dad's not really a general golf fan. He's pretty locked in. He's I mean Xander's Zan- like, "Oh yeah, good kid." Yeah. You know, like he's, it's just that we've, we have been so spoiled by what Jordan Spieth, Justin Thomas, and Rory McElroy have done at such a young age. Brooks Kepka, add him to the list, even though he's, uh, I guess, 28, 29 years old right now. But uh, we've been so spoiled by that that, you know, Z- Xander's probably on the right pace or on the normal or usual pace to be a great like one of the great american golfers of a certain generation but compared to his peers it just seems like he's a step behind and that's yeah. probably what he gets hurt by you think ricky fowler or xander shoff was a better golfer right now i'm not gonna give up on ricky fowler <clears throat> yeah i mean it's, uh, yeah it's fair that's not that's that I'm I'm not gonna sell uh I'm not gonna sell Ricky Fowler stock. I don't know if we'll see a resurgence, but I'll say that like I I power rank Ricky ahead of Xander, and I think that um it it would not take much from Ricky to win at a level that would quickly correct the fact that that's even a question. Yeah. Um, man, I was thinking about his Ryder Cup performance. It wasn't good. No, but I'm 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 willing to. I I think that I can look at each of the American golfers and analyze uh, their play individually alone from that disastrous Ryder Cup in the same way that I'm not coming out of the Ryder Cup on the European side feeling all that much stronger about any individual golfer. Yeah, like I don't, uh, I don't give any, I don't give any bonus points to um, Rom. I don't give any. I mean, I, I thought pretty highly of Rom already, but I'm not, I'm not thinking that all is fixed for Sergio or that Poulter's about to have some kind of uh, resurgence just after winning his singles match. I, I still have doubts about you know what what Henrik Stenson can do in terms of playing across a four rounds. You know, we started to talk about that with Stenson a little bit too how it's, you know, winning tournaments and the consistency that that requires. I'm I'm not coming out of the European win feeling any better about them and in the same way I'm not penalizing Dustin Johnson and Ricky Fowler for being sorry against the Europeans in the Ryder Cup. Fowler had 6 top 10s last season, Xander had 7. They both had two runners up. Uh Fowler has finished top 10 in 30% of his PGA Tour events ever. 
Xander's finished top 10 in 20%. I think Fowler's a better golfer, um, but I, I think that Joe Schmo golf fan would be like, why are you, why are you even asking me that? When the reality is that it's, it's probably closer than most people think. It is closer than most people think, but I do again, like all it would take is cause Ricky's got this stuff, right? You don't, you haven't stopped believing that Ricky has the goods. You picked him to win the masters last year. He almost did. He almost did. Yeah. No, 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 not entertaining this. Ricky Fowler's is a better <laughs> golfer. Isn't that crazy? How much differently do you think about uh, two golfers and an entire season if Patrick Reed's ball on 17 doesn't hit the pin? Yeah. You know? Yeah, yeah. How, how much differently do we think about Reed, uh, Fowler, and the 2017-18 PGA Tour season if Reed blows that chip past the pin on 17 uh, misses the comebacker. They go to a playoff. Ricky beats him. I mean, that is Ricky was that, lights out. He was playing le- so well. Yeah, that's a legacy changing stuff. That's trajectory changing stuff, and it's one shot. Yeah, I'm. I'm not giving up on Ricky. Maybe that's my anthem. When does Ricky play again? January, probably. Uh, he might play. Uh, he'll put. He'll play Tiger's event because he won it last year. He might play HSBC, the the China event in November. Okay. Yeah, probably not. He'll probably won't play till Tigers event. And that's in November too, right? That's uh yeah, yeah. Maybe Dece- maybe first of December. Yeah, I love Xander Shoffley and I'm I'm down to cape up for him, but uh I think he's rightly rated. Yeah. He's right right there in the mix, right? Like he was he's right there in the conversation. Yeah, it's fair. Uh my last thing, my my sleeper is uh Thomas Peters, sixty six to one. I don't really care what the course looks like or where it is. Just give me Thomas Peters at 66 to one. Oh yeah. I guess my Thomas Peters to win a major prop is busted. <laughs> I should probably go check on that. It was a good, it, it's good. What, what was the number? Plus 900. Yeah. That's yeah. Wait, plus nine. Oh, that's it. Well, cause it was the beginning of the season. He hadn't started stinking it up yet. Uh, yeah, that he, turned out to, he was, yeah. he, he was like very highly thought of. I thought I was taking like a good middle of the pack sleeper. Yeah. That's not a great number. He quickly started stinking it up. Billy Horschel has, uh, no, let's see. Xander has much worse odds to win the CIMB than Thomas Peters to win a major in 2018. Mm. So it was all right. Yeah. It was a lottery ticket. For sure, I, I can't, we we take out enough of those that hopefully one for every fill in Mexico that hits, <laughs> there's going to be seven Thomas Peters to win a majors that bust. As long as there's not ten, then you're good. Then you're good. Yeah. Um, any any other like big expectations or is there anything you're looking for? No, just JT. I'm excited about seeing him. I think that um, I think that he. It could be I think he is generationally great. I think there's two of them in that in that group. And I think they're uh best friends. Yeah, I think they're best buds. <laughs> and uh I think that they're both gonna have just incredible next ten to fifteen year runs. Hey, I, I made my case on this podcast and I'll continue to preach it. They can't be considered best friends because they're both too good. We gotta it's look at take. them individually. 
It's a great take. I love it. For sure. He is Kyle Porter. You can follow him on Twitter at Kyle Porter CBS. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Make sure that you subscribe to the First Cut podcast because it is free to subscribe and you get free deliveries. Uh, you can see us on CBS Sports HQ, CBSSportsHQ.com, or through the CBS Sports app on all connected devices. Our thanks to Top Golf as well as our sponsors. Give us subscribe, review, rate, all that good stuff. Kyle, thank you very much. Thanks, Chip. 